welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, I've got Tanya Zuckerberg. She's a nutritionist, a wellness expert, and kind of a walking encyclopedia. She's going to share how she started the F Factor, F being fiber, and how it can benefit all of us, even our kids. You're going to learn anything and everything you ever wanted to know about fiber and how it can help so many ailments and diseases from diabetes to cardiovascular. Everyone thinks they get enough fiber, including me. She's going to break it down for us and give us actual numbers. We couldn't discuss the social media controversy surrounding her due to an ongoing lawsuit. However, we did not let that get in the way of gathering the most beneficial information from a woman who's given 25 years of her life helping and educating people becoming healthier just by giving you the F factor. Let's get started. I have Tanya Zuckerbrot with me who wrote two books on the F factor, F being fiber, and she has a diet consulting business and you coach and educate clients on a high fiber meal plan. That's the premise behind your business. Is that correct? I think it's more of a wellness company because we have products now. So the products have overshadowed in many ways, you know, the private practice, which is great for that one-on-one, you know, communication with our clients, but our reach now is so much greater with the products. Okay. Good. I like to hear that. Uh, getting back one step behind, why did you stop shopping at Chucky's? <laughs> I think because you guys moved or closed or something. I mean, yeah, I, we did. I, we did. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I, I've shopped with you for a long time because my my apartment was actually on your block. I was on sixty third for years. It was a great neighborhood. I loved it there. It was and you had a great store. I mean, Thank it you. was very small and boutiquey, but you you had a really Great eye. I would say some of the nicest customers were on Third Avenue. Some of our nicest customers were there. I'm not saying that they're not nice anymore. They are. But I will say back in the day, in the heyday, when people were spending the most money and yeah. looking for the most fashion, and I, I found them to be really the nicest. Right. I kind of miss those days. I guess the cell phones and internet shopping has really changed things a lot. For so the Richie, do you still have Chucky's? And you had more than one store, didn't you? Yes, we did. But we closed Madison Avenue and we still have a Chucky's on Lexington Avenue between 74th and 75th. But we do mainly online business now. I mean, we do yeah. have some good customers in the neighborhood that do like to come in, but it's now mainly online with the whole COVID. How has it been going with you? Where are, are you in New York City now? Right now I'm in Florida, but my home is New York. This has been a temporary... I wouldn't say temporary home, but temporary reprieve from New York and living in an apartment because we have a house here with land so that the kids have access to pool and tennis court. So it's, it really was about providing them a better quality of life during this time of quarantine. And then we just ended up extending it. That sounds divine. Brad and I took the kids for intercession to Miami. And I can't tell you, we um, extended our stay to about two full weeks. And we had a quarantine when we came back, but we didn't yeah. care. It was just so wonderful being in Florida. And it's so open there. It is. When, yeah. when were you down here? Uh, it was from December 23rd. And we stayed for two weeks after that. 
Oh, so nice. Are you going to come back or? Yeah, we wanted to come back for presidents. That's what we usually do. For pre We usually come for weekends, but it's the quarantining. The schools are so strict that if you go for a weekend, you have to quarantine for 10 days. So, you know, we decided not to do that. But we only came back to New York City because um, the kids did have in-school learning, which we were lucky enough to have. Otherwise, we would have stayed in New Jersey. We have a house in New Jersey that we oh, stayed so by during the whole quarantine. What, what school are your children in? Heschel. Yeah, that's a great school. You know school. the school? Yeah, of course. How many kids do you have? So three by birth, but five by marriage. So my husband, my husband has two children. I have three, so we have five. Okay, it's a lot of kids. It is. It's nice. I, listen, yeah. I come from one of five, and it's terrific. Oh, do you? Yeah, oh, wow. I have. I'm come from one of five kids, and although it wasn't easy at the time, looking back, I couldn't imagine anything different. It's it's amazing yeah. now. And do you do you brothers or just sisters? I have two brothers and two sisters. So there are three boys, two girls. So nice. And are they all in New York? Um, yes, they all live in New York. Up until recently, one sister moved um, to New Jersey. So are your but, you parents, know, we go, your parents we go, still alive? No, my parents are not alive. But my sisters, I know, are obsessed, have always been obsessed with weight. I'd like <laughs> to say nutrition, but I don't know how nutritious. There were more calorie <laughs> counters. You know, like, okay, I'll eat the Snickers and then maybe not eat for a day. So I don't know about nutrition, but they were obsessed with weight. And that has been, you know, came from my mom to my sisters, to my nieces. It really has never left. So, which is why I love having you on the show today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here and share my passion for nutrition, um, you know, with you and your audience. Well, so I appreciate you. it. I have to ask the obvious. During yeah. the quarantine, who gained weight? You mean who in your family? Come on. Oh, come on. Did anyone gain or were you guys really still on it? You know, I have to say that what's so great about F Factor and it, it's it's and I'm trying to say this humbly is that it really is such a lifestyle that what I always explain to the clients is it will help you to get to your ideal body weight, but more importantly, it'll, it'll help you to maintain it without sacrifice, without deprivation, without denial. So we eat really delicious food in this household and you just, you don't feel deprived. So I'm, I'm sort of proud to say no one gained weight, but I will say that nationally, it was a problem. Many people gained weight. They were eating emotionally. They were eating out of boredom. We weren't as active. So, I mean, there are many factors that contributed to, I guess they called it the COVID-15. Um, <laughs> but no, it's luckily not my household. Okay, good. No, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people did. We didn't have that issue either. I mean, you know, I found ways of on the beach doing exercises. We live in New Jersey across from the beach. They had pull up bars and dip bars and I would run and, you know, of course, destroy my knees and hips, but who cares because I got to keep the body in check. Well, the, the irony is, I mean, if there was ever a time to honor yourself and get in shape, it was during quarantine where we weren't running around as much, you weren't as distracted, you weren't wasting time commuting anywhere. So if there was ever an opportunity to eat well, exercise, it was now. I mean, you know, I don't mean to burden anyone with that information or guilt anyone, but <laughs> it's just a fact. <laughs> it's a fact, I agree. And it's funny because I heard about you this summer when I happened to have mentioned to a friend of mine we were sitting on the porch and, uh, you know, I told her we were talking about health issues. And I said, oh, yeah, when I had my kids, I went for a physical because, you know, Brad and I had our kids a little bit later. Well, not really for him, but for me, it was a little later in life. And when I went to my doctor, I said, you know, I got to live now. You know, a lot of men in my family died early. And because I had my kids later, I said, I got to live. Good for you. 
So he took, gave me a whole list of things to do, Tanya. He was like, you know, the, the usual. And based on my family history, which is pretty much everything, I had to do all these things. And I don't know why he just stuck in, you need to have more fiber. So now- Because he's I, smart, because he knows. Okay, but I told him, don't worry, I eat enough fiber. And do you know what he did? He actually left. He looked away and mumbled, everyone thinks they have enough fiber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's because I think that we assume things have more fiber than they actually do. And the reality is we are in a fiber deficit in this country. And as our fiber intake has gone down, and I don't just mean in the past decade, in the past three decades, four decades, ever since industrialization happened, we refined all our food. As fiber went down, disease state went up and obesity went up. There's a direct inverse correlation. So the more fiber you eat, you know, you know, I won't bore you by saying it twice, I'll wait to the interview, you'll find that the fuller you feel, but you end up receiving so many weight management benefits and health benefits, which also impact weight management. But we'll get into it. But yeah, no, it's- I want to know how- cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing and it's very interesting because it's not like it's really anything new. You no. just put a great spin on it. It's you the opposite of new. It's, it's been around from you know, the day that you know, we had fruits and vegetables and it's naturally occurring. So it's, it's why I love speaking about it because unlike some weight loss trends or diet trends that there is like a barrier of entry because it's cost prohibitive. I mean, you could just literally go to your local supermarket and shop the perimeter and get your fiber. And within days, you'll start to see a difference. You'll, you'll see a difference in your digestion. You'll see a difference in your defecation. Um, you'll see a difference in, in your weight and you'll see a difference in your skin. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We'll get into it. Yeah, it I want to get into it in every aspect because I know trainers have tried to get me to take uh, fiber vitamins, which I did for a short time. And, you know, like I said, my doctor told me that I needed to have more fiber. I wound up getting Benafiber. I mean, I don't know how much that does, but when I remember to use it, I use it. I mean, it's better than nothing. I mean, it's it's not that much fiber, so we could focus on upping it a little bit more, especially you were explaining that you have a genetic predisposition you know, to some health issues. How did your father pass, if you don't mind me asking? I do not. He died of a heart attack. Heart attack, okay. Yeah. So and so did my mother's father, and so did my father's brothers. So heart attack does kind of run a little bit rampant in my family. Yeah. So that's actually how F-Factor got started because I was working with a cardiovascular patient population prescribing high fiber diets for that reason alone to reduce the risk of heart attack and stroke because fiber binds with cholesterol and ushers it out of the body and lowering your lipid profile, especially with your cholesterol levels will certainly decrease your risk for cardiovascular disease. So it's for you, you know, it goes beyond the vanity aspect of it. I mean, you're very lean. It really is about eating a high fiber diet to increase your chances of longevity. And since that's what you said to your doctor, you know, I need to live. There's nothing more simple you can do than start adding more fiber to your diet. And it's so interesting because he told me to go for a calcium score uh -huh. and uh, I kept it on my blotter for a while. I didn't go for the calcium score until a very close friend of mine who was a trainer, uh, a famous trainer had a massive heart attack. And we're the same age. And uh, I, I went to go visit him in the hospital. And it was right after that, that I went scrounging to look for this prescription to go for my calcium score. And I've said this before on the show, when I did go finally for the calcium score, I never dreamed in a million years I'd have calcification because I don't eat red meat. I don't eat cheese. I run on that treadmill like a hamster. 
I, so I thought for sure it's nothing. And guess what, Tanya? I had calcification. I had a little bit of a nervous breakdown thinking no matter what I do, I'm never going to reverse any kind of diseases that run in my family. Yeah. So I, I hope that that fear has subsided and you now feel empowered to recognize that you can actually reverse calcification through dietary intervention. So um, I do know that. I want to know, how do you know that? I know that from my doctor. So I want to know, how did you get started? Because I know people that love you would love to know, how did you become so knowledgeable about this topic? So yeah, my background um, is actually clinical, which is why I know um, so much about the clinical side of nutrition. I never expected to end up in this weight loss space or to be recognized for a weight loss program. When I first graduated from NYU with my master's in nutrition, I set out to have a clinical private practice, meaning I wanted to apply nutrition intervention to patient populations where I could have the most impact on their health. So it had nothing to do with vanity, it had nothing to do with appearance. I recognized um, at, a, at a very early on in, in my studies that nutrition really could help to manage clinical conditions, in some cases reverse them, and certainly in all cases help to minimize the amount of medications people were taking. Um, Hippocrates said it best, food is either medicine or poison. So I felt this amazing calling to use food to naturally help people to improve their health status. And working in an outpatient setting, I recognized the patient populations that I really could impact through diet were cardiovascular patients and diabetic patients. In fact, you can reverse cardiovascular disease. You can certainly improve someone's lipid profiles, but you can reverse that calcification or um, what we call atherosclerosis, the hardening of the arteries due to plaque buildup. And for the diabetics, while you can't reverse type one, you certainly can help to minimize the symptoms and get better blood sugar control. But type two, which now we have more cases of type two than type one in this country due to the instance of obesity, type two is absolutely reversible. So through diet, I knew that I could really impact these two very distinct patient populations and increase both their chances for longevity. So I was prescribing diet plans that were honoring the medical care they were already receiving. So cardiologists would refer clients and endocrinologists would refer clients and they would say, okay, I'm going to give you the medications, but this woman, Tanya Zuckerberg is going to create a diet program that's going to honor the medical care that you are receiving with the hope of improving your health status. So my job was you know, to create these um, programs. And after three months of following the programs, they would return to their doctors and get a, a new blood workup. And what they found was all my cardiovascular patients I was treating were getting healthier. They were seeing their bad cholesterol come down, their good cholesterol was coming up. For the diabetic patients, they were all getting better blood sugar control, which was measured through their hemoglobin A1C. But something else occurred that was unexpected. While all these patients were improving their health, which was not unexpected, that was the goal, I had not anticipated that all these clients would be losing weight. And they were reporting weight loss to me, and I was almost left scratching my head saying, why is everyone losing weight? Because I had not set out to produce weight loss. I set out to improve health. And when I looked at the common denominator between these two very distinct programs, I mean, the program for the cardiovascular patients was really about lowering cholesterol, removing saturated fat from the diet. For the diabetic patients, the program was about removing the refined carbohydrates and the sugars. The commonality was fiber. I was prescribing fiber to cardiovascular patients because think of fiber as a sponge and it can absorb things in your body as it goes through your gastrointestinal tract and pull it out. So fiber can naturally bind with cholesterol and usher it out of the body, therefore naturally lowering cholesterol levels. 
for the diabetic patients, I was prescribing high fiber diets because I had understood that fiber would slow down gastric emptying and therefore the diabetic patients would get much better blood sugar control. Also the more fiber in a carbohydrate, the fewer net carbs and it's the net carbs that get converted to sugar. So the health benefits were not surprising. What left me sort of curious was why was everyone losing weight with fiber? And what I had learned, and this is 25 years ago, so this now sounds mainstream, but understand 25 years ago, people thought of fiber as like prunes and metamucil and pooping. Right. No one had really understood or studied right. fiber's weight management properties. Leave it to but, you to glamorize that, to glamorize fiber. I, I mean, sometimes it's funny when people say, aren't you that fiber lady? I'm like, can't we come up with like a cooler name? But I'll take it, I guess, at this take point. Take it, you made it cool. So fiber, it it keeps you feeling full for a long period of time and it swells in your stomach. So it gives you a feeling of what we call satiety. So what happened was these patients were just feeling so full from all the fiber we were prescribing for the clinical benefits, they were doing less unnecessary snacking or less overeating at the next meal. And it led to weight loss without hunger. And what was the most cool thing about this was that when you think about weight loss, we think about restriction. We think about small portions. We think about compromising our lifestyle, right? Like don't dine out, don't drink alcohol, like stay home with, you know, steamed chicken and broccoli. And my patients were still living their lives. They had not compromised their lifestyle at all. They were dining out, enjoying cocktails. They weren't working out more necessarily. And yet the weight was really coming off. They were melting away. I love your philosophy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know, I know that one of my sisters says that when she really wants to lose weight, she has to stay home. She doesn't go out for dinners and she usually goes out two, three times a week. But when she loses, she says she has to stay home because she drinks too much and then she eats after. And so what you said is so important. It's got to be part of a lifestyle that you're able to live. And wait, before I go further from my own personal and use. I know I'm so selfish. My sister say it always goes back to me. What's the best drink to have? Now my new thing is having a gin. Is is, is a gin okay? Gin's awesome. So okay. yes, I mean, F-Factor is based on these four disruptive principles that are counterintuitive to everything we've been encouraged to believe about losing weight, right? We've been taught that you need to calorie count, that you need to stay home, that you need to cook, that you can't enjoy cocktails, that you need to work out harder. And despite embracing many of these theories or philosophies, the result is that as a nation, we are fatter than ever. So cutting out carbs didn't work. Cutting out alcohol doesn't work. Working out harder as much as exercise matters. We have more gyms in this country than any nation in the world and we remain the fattest nation. So our reliance on exercise has not produced a thinner nation either. And one of the things that F-Factor does is F-Factor provides you these very sort of disruptive theories, but everything's backed by science. And that is so important to me because in a world where anyone is a self-proclaimed influencer, and there are so many people in the nutrition space, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I always tell my followers, it is so important that you are your own healthcare advocate, do your own research, don't take anything at face value. And that's why I love supporting everything that I state. And I state things very emphatically and with enthusiasm, but I need to back it up with science. So at F-Factor, we have four disruptive theories. You're going to eat carbs from day one. You're going to dine out from day one. You're going to enjoy cocktails from day one. And you're going to work out smarter, not harder from day one. And guess what? All that is going to produce weight loss without hunger. And the most important aspect, any program can help you lose weight. You need to ask yourself, can I eat this way for the rest of my life? Or can I live this way for the rest of my life? Because if the answer is no, anything you do temporarily leads to temporary results. And I don't know anyone who wants to be healthy temporarily, and certainly no one wants to lose weight temporarily. We want those things to be permanent, right? We want to be permanently healthy. We want to lose weight and keep it off. And 
that is why I think F-Factor has been around for 25 years because we deliver on that. This is not a temporary solution. This is a permanent solution. I totally agree with you. I had Brad here laughing on the side <laughs> the way you said that because it is kind of funny. I agree with you. I don't want to do anything. I mean, I remember there was a time when I said, you know, uh, what do I need to have a six pack for? I'm not, never going to be able to maintain it. I'm like, my whole thing is whatever I do, I want to have for the rest of my life. I want to kind of maintain it. And I'll never forget my, my friend who's a trainer said, well, get it first and then worry about it. And <laughs> sure enough, I did. I changed my diet and I kind of did get it. And I will say, um, which I want to get to in a way, because you talk a lot about breakfast, which is very important to me. It's a very important meal, but I think I might be doing it wrong based on one of your Instagram posts. First of all, before I had to go on this um, statin for, you know, my- um, Cholesterol levels. Yes. I was having a grapefruit every morning. I would okay. have a grapefruit. Listen, yeah. I didn't love it, but I got to love it. And I really felt the grapefruit um, burning my stomach. I really felt it burning the fat. I would go to the gym and I'd run and I really felt like my stomach was shrinking in. When he put me on the Crest store, let's pass by, you know, me going into a fit of a rage and having my nervous breakdown. So now I get used to it. And now I'm having a banana, but now I'm eating my banana and going to the gym. But according to you, you should really have the banana after the gym because I'm burning off the carbs. Explain it. It depends what your goal is. If your goal is to burn fat for fuel, if you're trying to lean out, then pre-fueling a workout with carbohydrates like a banana is not going to force your body to burn fat. Your body's first choice for fuel is glucose. And glucose is the end result of carbohydrate metabolism, whether it's bread, starches, grains, cereals, fruit or fruit juice or milk or yogurt. So when you're having a banana, it's the equivalent of two slices of white bread as far as its carbohydrate content. And therefore that gets converted into that sugar glucose and your body says, cool, this is my favorite form of fuel. Your body's always gonna choose glucose over your body fat. So if you're having carbohydrates before your workout, you're burning the carbohydrate. If you can work out on an empty stomach with no carbohydrate, with no glucose in your bloodstream, and you have very, and if you follow low carb diet then you have low glycogen stores, the body has to look for an alternate fuel source and that will be fat. So F factor, make sure that all our clients get enough carbs for energy because without carbs, you're going to be weak, tired, shaky, cranky. Think about an athlete, an athlete carbo loads. So we know we need carbohydrates. So cutting out carbs completely is not a solution. First of all, it's not effective, but it's not sustainable. I mean, do you really want to go the rest of your life without eating pasta or a French baguette or fresh fruit? It's, it's, it's nonsensical. And there's no reason to cut out carbohydrates when our body really relies on them. The issue is too much carbohydrate can lead to weight gain, but too little carbohydrate will leave you feeling awful. So it's about high fiber carbs that will give you enough energy, but low enough net carbs that the body's burning fat. So if you are trying to lose weight or if any of your followers are trying to lose weight, um, I would say if you get up and you're gonna be exercising within an hour, you can, you can work out on an empty stomach, you know, or have a cup of coffee or even like a small serving of fruit. After that, that's when you want to have your breakfast of fiber and protein. Got it. So it's, it's really after the workout for people that want to lose weight. For sure. Right. But if you are working out for more than an hour, then you probably will need some carbohydrate because if not, you'll get depleted, which is the idea of athletes carbo loading. You know, before the New York City Marathon, you know, they serve like this big free pasta dinner for all the runners because without carbs, they have no energy to run. So if you're going to work out, if you're training as an athlete or you do a two hour workout, 
you're going to need carbs because if not, that's when you have that crash. And we've all felt it. Sometimes you know, you get all shaky during a workout. You actually needed some carbs. So if you are getting up at six, seven, and you're not working out till 10, 11, then I would say pre-fuel. Got it. So now here's the thing. I do eat very healthy food. I'm a healthy food eater. The problem is I have chocolate every single day, sometimes two to three times a day. So, you know, I do need my cookies. I need my, you know, like kind of, I don't know about gourmet stuff, but you know, my chocolate covered graham crackers. I like dark chocolate. There are things that I'm so ritualistic with that I eat every single day. It's scary because, you know, if the store doesn't have it, I want to burn down the store because I have to have the same thing every single day. What I love about your products that I just realized is that you have these chocolate products with the fiber in it. Yes. Um, we actually have a fudge bar that was named by Women's Health Magazine this year as a top 20 protein bars on the market that are low carb. It's all natural, non-GMO, it's vegan, um, and it, it's really tasty. So it allows you to get that sort of idea of a decadent dessert, but you're honoring your intentions to look your best, feel your best, and for you especially to honor your health. And I think that is ultimately the balance that everyone's looking for. You know, we all want to look our best. We want to feel our best, but no one wants to compromise their quality of life and nor should you. And if that's something that I could deliver to you, if I could show you that you get to eat breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner, that you are going to be dining out, enjoying cocktails, and you're not a slave to the gym, and we can accomplish all of your health goals and all of your weight management goals, well, that to me is the most rewarding thing in the world. You know, I, I, there's so many programs out there that work, but as I said, if you don't believe that's something that you could subscribe to for the rest of your life, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure because there's nothing worse than having something and losing it. It's almost better never to have had it at all. It's sort of what you're saying about the six pack and your trainer was right. He's like, well, why don't you get it first and then decide if it's worth it to maintain it? One of the things I tell all my clients, everything in life worth having, and I mean everything and anything, whether it's the corner office or you know a six pack or a happy marriage, everything in life worth having comes with sacrifice, right? Yeah. I don't but, care about the happy marriage. I just want the six pack. <laughs> but ultimately, there is there is a fine line between sacrifice and suffering. Sacrifice means you're working hard towards something, but if a value proposition exists, then it's worth it. So what's a value proposition? A value proposition means what am I getting out of it and do I value it enough to put the work in? And what's interesting about values is we're all different. So what you value may be very different than what the person next to you values. And ultimately, your decision to be your best self is a very personal one because whatever standards you're using to measure that with could be so different from the next person, right? Maybe you value being a good father. Maybe someone else doesn't. Maybe you value being a business owner. Maybe someone doesn't. So for me, so much of my work has really gone from being this technician, just using nutrition to improve health, to being more of a life coach, to inspiring people to live their best lives, to never settle for mediocrity where greatness can exist. And what's greatness? Well, it's up for each individual client to define that. And my job, obviously, is to help them define it in regards to their body fat and their health. You know, I take a look at all my clients' blood workup. I want you to be as healthy as possible. But it needs to be understood that if you want something badly enough, you've got to put the work in. Consistency is key. And it is your focus on that value proposition, defining that for yourself. So ultimately, if you say, Tanya, I want to lose weight and I want to keep it off and I want to get healthy, that's the value proposition. Those things matter to you. You value that. My job is to provide you the tools and to say you need to put these to work 
But ultimately, when you get there, the journey should be that was so worth it. And therefore, if you feel it's worth it, you'll continue to do the work to maintain it. Yeah, I think that sounds very accurate. I had Dr. Daryl Appleton, who was a mental health specialist, and she said that she tells her clients, I can't work harder at your life than you do. And that's kind of essentially what you're saying is that you need to give people the tools and educate them. But at the end of the day, it really is up to them. It's kind of all the way around. You're kind of also a mental health specialist and a life coach, and you're teaching people how to do things a certain way that makes it comfortable for them to stick to it. Because yeah. consistency for me is the most important thing. I think what's unique about um, F-Factor's messaging is that the foundation is science and, and science is irrefutable. It's like the same, it's math is a form of science, right? One plus one equals two, no one, no one can deny that. The way that our bodies burn fat for fuel is science. You know, you, you and I can debate it, but there's only one answer, which is in the absence of glucose, the body burns fat. And that's just scientifically sound and it's factual. So at F-Factor's core is all of this science. And I think that's what gives F-Factor so much credibility and authority in the wellness space. But what has elevated the brand, what has really, I think, pushed the brand is this message that is much more emotionally charged and more spiritually driven. And you know, I do a lot of motivational speaking and ultimately my ultimate goal is to inspire people to live their best lives. I mean, that is to me more important than a number on the scale. I always say we're so much more than a number. It's how you feel about yourself. Are you giving 100%? Are you at your personal best? And if not, why not? And ultimately life is short and I never want anyone looking back going woulda, coulda, shoulda. I want you to be your best self. I want you to define that. And then I expect you to put the work in because you'll never regret it. You'll never regret being the best version of yourself, never. Okay, so I wanna ask you a question. Do you think that there's a possibility that there are some women out there who can't lose weight no matter how much they try? I no. have a friend, you don't, you don't think so. No, it's, it's, it's a math equation. Um, first of all, the laws of thermodynamics dictate that if you eat fewer calories and your body burns, you'll lose weight. Now, you may say, Tanya, I have friends who restrict themselves and they can't lose weight and it's probably because they've damaged their metabolisms or they have a sluggish metabolism. Yeah, you see, um, you're very smart. Pause right there. Exactly. One of my friends was on diet pills back in the day, her right. whole life, and she messed up her metabolism. That, that's yep. a possibility. It's 100% a possibility. So she in seriously fact, can't lose weight no matter how many diets she goes on. Because so what happened is that she probably has such a slow metabolism that you need to create a caloric deficit of 500 calories a day, less than someone's basal metabolic rate for weight loss to occur. So she probably would have to really restrict in a way that's not sustainable or enjoyable. And therefore she feels that nothing works. What she can do, and this is important for anyone listening today, if you want to increase your metabolism, you can do it naturally in two ways without taking Synthroid, which is a medication for thyroid. You can increase your metabolism by adding muscle to your body. Muscle is catabolically active. Muscle burns more calories than fat does. So the more muscular you are, the faster your metabolism becomes. And you don't have to get big and bulky. You could still be super lean. It's the idea of having a great percent of your total body weight come from muscle. So ladies start doing a weight resistant activity. So Number better than cardio even. You're saying that's even better so than sitting- Cardio has failed us. The reason we're so heavy is because women have relied on cardio for that caloric deficit and cardio does not build muscle. So all those Reebok step classes, all the Stairmasters, all the treadmills, while cardiovascular exercise is great for releasing endorphins, it's nice to sweat. When it comes to weight management, it is such poor advice because you cannot outrun or outspin 
a poor dietary intake. And God forbid that you ever get injured, now what? If you rely on the treadmill or on, on any cardio for weight management and you get an injury, what does that mean? You're destined to lose, to gain weight. So I always explain to my clients, learn to manage your weight through your intake rather than your output. It's the most liberating, effective recommendation I can give you. So with that being said, the other thing you could do to increase your metabolism, other than putting on muscle, is eat fiber. Fiber has a thermogenic effect, meaning anything that increases your body's internal temperature is what we call revving up metabolism. Think of your metabolism as a furnace and think of your friend's metabolism as a furnace and think about when a furnace starts to die down or think about a fireplace, like where the fire starts to like burn out. What do you do to get that fire revved up again? Well, if it's the fireplace, you add a log. If it's the furnace, you add more coal. And all of a sudden there's these flames that appear. When you feed your body fiber, your body tries to break it down. And digestion is an involuntary bodily activity that burns calories, but fiber has no calories. So you are ingesting something that has zero calories, but your body will expend calories trying to digest it. And it creates a negative net thermic effect or what we call thermogenesis. So when you sit down to a high fiber meal, I joke, it's like getting on a treadmill because when you're in the treadmill at the end, you're like, oh, I burned 80 calories, right? It's about creating that caloric deficit. When you eat a high fiber meal, you are actually creating a caloric deficit because your body will expend more calories trying to digest fiber than fiber contains. So how do I know that this is science and factual? Because every client that comes to F-Factor, we measure their basal metabolic rate at the onset of their weight loss journey. So if you were to come to F-Factor, I measure your body fat, your muscle mass, um, I measure the amount of water in your body, and I measure your basal metabolic rate. And throughout the weight loss journey, every week we are measuring these, um, these aspects of your, what we call your, your anthropometrics. By measuring your body fat, I'm seeing if you're burning fat for fuel. By measuring your muscle mass, I can ensure that you're maintaining muscle because I never want you losing muscle. When it comes to metabolism, over the weeks, as clients start eating more fiber, I start to notice the metabolism go up, which is actually the opposite of what happens when people lose weight. Typically, when you lose weight, you slow your metabolism down, but not with F-factor or a high fiber diet. So it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. if you have a plug metabolism, start eating more fiber. Tell but, it to your girlfriend, the friend. It is, that's I mean, I mean but it, this has been going on forever. It sounds so simple. How come the world has not you know, embrace this in so much of a bigger way. I get now why people pay you up to $25,000. I mean, when I was reading that, I was like, well, that's a lot of money. What does she do for that kind of money? Do they call you in the middle of the night and say, oh my God, I want a Twinkie. And you rush over there and you're, you know, carry, you know, from sex in the city yeah. robe to try to stop them. I mean, we, we charge a premium, but we do deliver premium service. First of all, the investment you're making is not in a short-term diet solution. When you come to F-Factor to work with me and associate, what you're paying for is losing weight for the rest of your life because that's how sound this information is. So if someone said to you, would you be willing to spend $25,000 to lose weight and keep it off for the rest of your life without sacrificing your lifestyle, without compromising your social life, your business life, without giving, out car without giving up carbohydrates, you could still drink. I mean, I think most people, if they had the means would say, hell yeah, sign me up for that. Because when you're done with all the diets going on and off of them, or for people that the gym memberships, the liposuctions, the spanks, whatever it is that you're investing in to look and feel your best, this is an investment that you're making. And it's not just about your health. It's not just about your weight, excuse me. The weight is a byproduct of improving your health. So 
How much would you pay to increase your chances of longevity, longevity while also looking and feeling your best? Tanya, um, you're preaching to the choir. I always say I've spent $1 million in therapy and psychotherapy. I've never had a million dollars at one time, but I can tell you I've gone through a million dollars from my teens to now going through psychotherapy and all kinds of therapy. And it was an investment on myself. 100%. So I totally get what you're saying. Invest in yourself wisely. Yes. And every client that has come to us either comes from a physician referral or a client. So this really has been a word of mouth business where the clients going through this program see firsthand how life-changing this is. For the first time, they're losing weight without hunger, without deprivation, without denial. They're living their life to the fullest and yet they're leaning out. They're seeing improvements in their health and people get excited by that. They want to pay it forward. They share that with their friends or the doctors see the improvements, you know, in their patient's health status. So they refer their clients, you know, just for the, you know, the altruistic motivation that we all have in the wellness space. Well, it's funny because I know that you've, um, Megan Kelly was a client of yours and she spoke very highly of you. And she said that she really would recommend and it worked very well for her. And I can tell because in the movie Bombshell, she looked amazing. <laughs> Didn't she? Yeah, she did. She almost looked like Charlize Theron. Almost, almost. almost. No, but I will tell you regardless is she really does look great. I, I saw pictures of her and her podcast is also pretty good. I don't know if you've ever listened yeah. to it, but. No, she's amazing. She's brilliant. She's hardworking and it was an honor to work with her. And you know, I've, I've felt very fortunate throughout my career to have worked with some of the most brilliant people. I'm often humbled by who sits across from me. I'm like, I can't believe that they're listening to anything I have to say because I look at them and who they are professionally or what they've accomplished. And it's, it's so humbling. But I do believe the smarter you are, the more you love F Factor. You know, we've had many celebrity clients, but also just brilliant people, C-level executives. And when they go through the F Factor education, Richie, they say something very similar to what you said. It's like, God, this just makes so much sense. How come no one has talked about this before? And, you know, I think in part it's because fiber is so mainstream that it, it doesn't seem, it's been around forever. It doesn't seem that disruptive as a principle, but the science that supports fiber's efficacy is so disruptive. Um, because here you have basically a nutrient with no calories that can lower cholesterol, that can manage blood sugar levels, that can reduce inflammation in the body that can reduce the risk for breast cancer and colon cancer and help fight weight without hunger. And you put all that together, you're like, wait, there's something out there that does that. And it has no calories and it's all natural. Like, well, why wouldn't I be getting more of that? So I just think it's people don't know where to get their fiber. And once they do, they start to eat it and they realize that this is not a restrictive way of eating. It's, it's liberating and it's a ton of volume and you're full and you're satisfied. Um, so- But I think you answered the questions of what people are thinking, including myself. Um, one of the things is, you know, you worry, is there a downfall to any, too much fiber? Is there any, is there a downfall to having too much fiber? So it's interesting, you know, with most nutrients, there are toxicity levels, you know, certainly vitamins, you know, like vitamin A or E or vitamin D, you can get too much. Because fiber is indigestible, you're ingesting something that eventually gets out of your body. So there's no such thing as a toxicity level because it's not, it's, it's, you can't absorb fiber. So are there, are there issues with too much fiber? There, there are, but the likelihood of you getting too much fiber are almost between slim and none. And just to put this into context, a man should get 38 grams of fiber per day and a woman it's recommended to get 35 grams of fiber per day. 
the average American gets 11 to 13 grams of fiber per day. We're getting a third of the recommendations. Um, and, and that's despite fiber's popularity. So why are we in a fiber deficit? And the issue is that foods are processed, they're refined, um, and often we think things have more fiber than they do. Like a cup of lettuce is one gram. You know, we think right. of it as nothing. nothing. I so, know, it's a joke. But you said not, it perfectly. You said it perfectly. I, first of all, I, I, it's, I think I look at you and I think, girl, how much fiber do we need? But I mean, you answered that 38 grams. So now we got to be mathematicians and start adding up the fiber, but it's kind of like counting calories. And then the other big problem is where do we get it from? How am yeah. I getting it? I mean, so it's hard I, enough trying to feed my kids healthy stuff, which I want to ask you about right after this. How do you get it? Well, you can get fiber in fruits and vegetables. Um, raspberries have eight grams of fiber, broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. I mean, they all have, you know, great sources of fiber, um, whole grains. So whole wheat bread, brown rice, pastas, beans, legumes, and they said fruits, vegetables, and yeah, and starches. So, I mean, fiber is found in many whole foods. And then there are fiber bars and fiber powders, and there's many of, you know, fiber gummies that you said. So there's more ways of getting fiber, but you should always aim to get your fiber through foods first. One of the things about F-Factor products is that other than the fiber protein bar, which is considered by the FDA a food source, the F-Factor powders are really used to enhance the nutrient density of recipes that otherwise would lack fiber. So I have an F-Factor smoothie every morning, that's 20 grams of fiber. Um, and as I said, it's all natural, non-GMO, it's kosher. They're just such high quality products, but I'm getting half of my fiber needs in one easy smoothie. Um, and the bars have 20 grams of fiber too. So that's a very easy, convenient way, but it is absolutely possible to meet your needs through foods first. The only issue I would say of getting too much fiber is if you don't drink enough water, um, you can get impacted, you know, fiber will harden. Um, so that becomes uncomfortable. Or if you introduce fiber too quickly, you can have side effects such as gas or bloating or distension, and that's uncomfortable. And often when someone goes from zero to hero, like from no fiber to 60 grams of fiber a day, they're like, oh, Tanya, I can't handle all this fiber. And my response is you can, you just introduced it too quickly. So start off with 10 grams of fiber, then work your way up to 20 and then work your way up to 30. So that's my recommendation, introduce fiber slowly, and make sure that you're drinking plenty of water so that fiber can soften and you can evacuate it easily. I think that's very reasonable. And what yeah. I like is even though when you talk about smoothies, you know that there are a lot of us, me included, that do not like to drink my calories. And also I don't like cleaning up and making it. So what I love is you give us an alternative and I'm definitely gonna try your fiber protein bars because like I said, I love my chocolate, I love my dessert and I wanna get it. I wanna get fiber in it if I can, I mean, you know, I guess the trick is to try to get as much fiber as you can without inhaling two, 3,000 calories a day. Yeah, and, and that's what fiber will help with because fiber is so satisfying. Fiber adds bulk to food. So you're going to get large portions, but you have large portions with high nutrient density, but low caloric density. So F-Factor has a meal plan. We have, it's step one, step two, and step three. On step one, you're getting around 1,200 calories but you would never guess it feels like 2000 calories because you're getting breakfast, you're getting lunch, you're getting a snack, you're getting dinner, you're, you're allowed to have cocktails from day one, you're eating carbs from day one. It just, it, it, it almost sounds too good to be true, but it's not. <laughs> and I always say, you know, the reason F-Factor has been around for so long is because at the end of the day, it's effective. Smoke and mirrors and disruptive theories. Yeah, like they'll get your foot in the door, but you, you can't, you, you can't maintain a business if it's smoke and mirrors. So F-Factor has been around because ultimately every client that comes is so successful. They lose weight and they keep it off with that hunger while improving their health.
Well, yeah, it's also been discussed over what? I, I don't know, the decades, the centuries? I mean, it's not like it's something new. It's just how to um, implement it into your daily life. Yeah. Is it true that you can have more calories if there is more fiber in your diet? Yes, is that true? It, is. it is. Okay, because, that is true. Yeah, fiber, remember I said it has a sponge-like quality. So when I was prescribing it to the cardiovascular patients, think of what a sponge does, it absorbs things. So it can absorb cholesterol and anything that gets bound up in fiber because fiber is indigestible, you evacuate it, right? Yep. So you're pulling out a percent of your body's natural cholesterol levels and it's ending up in the toilet bowl. Same when you combine fiber with other foods that have fat and calories. So if you were to have fiber with, let's call it cheese, you're gonna absorb a percent of those fat and calories in the cheese into that fiber, and then the fiber will leave your body in the form of evacuation. And a study found that when women doubled their fiber intake from 12 to 24 grams of fiber per day, that they naturally malabsorbed 90 calories a day. So you had two subject groups, both ingesting the same amount of calories, but one had twice the amount of fiber than the other one. And the one with twice the amount of fiber ended up pulling out an extra 90 calories a day. And you may say, well, Tanya, 90 calories a day doesn't sound like a lot. But Richie, if you repeat that for 365 days, so in a year's time, that's 9.6 pounds of weight loss. So let's round that up to 10. So 10 pounds in a year, and you're losing that not by restriction and not by omission, but through addition. So most diets create a caloric deficit through omission. You're going to cut out carbs, cut out alcohol, cut out dining out, cut out fun, cut out whatever it is, sugar, red meat. You're cutting out something to create that caloric deficit. F factor creates a caloric deficit, not through omission, but through addition. addition. By adding fiber into your diet, you will naturally malabsorb a percent of fat and calories. So you're actually eating more to lose more. And that's what makes F factor so cool. It's like, you're not hungry on this program. You know, for breakfast, you could have two huge Belgian waffles. You could have muffins. You could have omelets with high fiber crackers. You could have cereal with yogurt and fruit. The amount of variety on this program is astounding. And same with lunch and snack and dinner. And in the book, The F-Factor Diet, we have meal plans. We have over 100 recipes. And we also have an entire chapter on dining out because not everyone likes to cook. So if you like to cook, as I said, we have over 100 recipes and hundreds and hundreds more for free on the website. But for those people who like to dine out or order in, there's an entire chapter on how to eat the F-Factor way, Chinese, Japanese, Greek, Italian, French, even fast food. Um, so we really honor people's lifestyle, as I said, you know, this company started off in a private practice, which was very sort of lifestyle driven. My clients worked hard, they played hard. They didn't want to compromise going to St. Bart's or going to Cipriani in order to lose weight. They just they didn't want to change their lifestyle, but they wanted to change their life. Right. So I had to take this patient population and say, how do I deliver? How do I produce weight loss? How do I produce health benefits, but still allow them to go away on vacation or to go out to dinner? And that's what we figured out that is absolutely possible to honor mm -hmm. people's lifestyles. And this way, they're more likely to stick with this. If you can go yeah. to St. Bart's and eat the F-Factor way and lose weight, you're like, okay, sign me up for this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally, I get that. And I'm on board with that. And I believe it. I do think it sounds reasonable and it makes sense. And I've heard it throughout the yeah. years. Does fiber absorb vitamins? Um, it can absorb a percent of vitamins and nutrients found in whatever it is that you're combining it with. But remember I always said it's a, such a small percent. Right. So the good news is fiber, if you eat whole foods, you're eating foods that are so nutrient dense that they're providing vitamins and nutrients. So for whatever little bit that may be absorbing from other foods, you are getting it from 
the foods that the fiber is in. So there are very, the, the, the published journal studies about fiber and the impact it has on you know, nutrient absorption, what they found is that it really is so small that no one should feel discouraged from eating more fiber and fear that they're not going to get their vitamin nutrient density. One and of the things that we do at F Factor is that we have our clients journal every day and we do a dietary analysis of their intake. So I can see not just their calories or their protein, their fats and their carbs or their fiber, but I see every vitamin and every nutrient and macronutrient because ultimately there's no point in someone losing weight if we're not honoring their health. So health is paramount to me. Making sure that you're going to live a long, healthy life is my number one goal. But if you're going to live to 100, then you might as well look damn fabulous. So that's my other goal is to make sure that you are looking your best as well. Now, I just want to ask you before we wrap it up, I always talk about putting your best foot forward. For me, it means so many different things. I'm curious what that means for you. One of my favorite sayings, which I hope they put on my tombstone, is never settle for mediocrity where greatness can exist. And it really is about defining what your best life looks like. You are the architect of your own life and doing the work towards that. But be your best self, you know, get up, brush your hair, get dressed for the day. Even if it's casual, it's, you know, eat in a way that honors your appearance, exercise in a way that honors your health and your physique, read books to honor your mind, be kind to honor your soul. It's just about giving 100%. And so let's not really try and teach my kids, you'll never regret giving 100%. I love what you just said. And we've said that to our kids too. Me and yeah. Brad, Brad and I have said, we'll never regret certain things we tell them or certain time we spend with them, no matter how difficult it could be sometimes. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is, um, the I always say the grass is not always greener. I mean, I did learn that from customers of mine. I've said that on the show. I mean, I remember women coming in to buy shoes and then, you know, they'd be divorced a month later, dating some guy and then trying to get back with their ex. And I realized at a young age, the grass is not always greener, which is probably why me and Brad are still together. We went through couples counseling. But sometimes when we look at you, it seems like the grass could be greener. <laughs> Can you comment on that? You know, Look, the world is round and sometimes you're on top of the world and sometimes, you know, you're on the bottom. And the idea is that when you are in a good place, enjoy it, you know, because I think that is actually showing God how much you appreciate his blessings. And when you're struggling, you know, I think you still need to have that faith because I think God works where there's faith. So that idea, as you said, that, you know, that things can be good and then they can be bad. I've gone while my well may seem that things are really good and they are and i'm so grateful and overwhelmed with gratitude because everything i have is a blessing from god i also went through some very dark periods i did get divorced i had no money i was struggling to raise my children and it was my faith in god and my belief that god loved me and if if i kept that faith and was a good person that he would reward me with more blessings you know it's I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm so grateful. And that's really how I look at it. It's, I, I don't feel entitled to anything. I think with hard work and with a, and, and a good heart, that's, that's, you know, God, God will deliver. And that's beautifully put. And in fact, that's why I've always felt that with F factor that my life would be blessed because the nature of the company was to help people. And anytime I would hire an employee, I would always say to them, I'm like, you will be blessed for working here because that is the ethos of F factor. That is our mission. Is, is to help people to live their best lives. So when you take care of the needs of others, God always takes care of your needs. And 
it, it's one of the reasons I believe that God has been so good to me, but I, I appreciate it all. I'm grateful for it. I'm humbled by it. And I, I recognize that, you know, everything is a gift. So the more grateful you are, the more God blesses you with. You know what? I'm going to leave it at that because I think that's beautiful. And I think that you're very gracious and very kind. And I think you um, tapped in 25 years ago into a, um, a theory or a science that really works. And I do believe people need to implement it into their lifestyle. And I think what you said earlier in the show is uh, very important. Do it in increments, slowly. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to do it. And I'm excited to go onto your site because I noticed you have Pop-Tarts. Now, the <laughs> thought of even putting a Pop-Tart anywhere near my mouth, like I haven't had fried foods, a Pop-Tart in since I was a little kid. The thought of it scares me to death. I feel like I'm going to get fat the second I eat it. But it's, it's not a regular Pop-Tart. It's an F-Factor Pop-Tart. That's one thing that F-Factor does is because it's such a lifestyle-driven brand, we know the foods that people wish they could eat and still be healthy. So we take those foods and we update them to fit into a healthier lifestyle. So they're not fried, they're baked, they're made with a ton of fiber and protein, they're all natural, so you can feed them to your kids. No one wants to suffer to look and feel their best. How old's your youngest child? 15. Okay, so were they eating this stuff when they were younger, the Pop-Tarts and all of that, and your cereals that you make? I mean, your cereals are really high in fiber, correct? Yeah, I mean, F-Factor's premise is fiber and protein at every meal makes losing weight no big deal. But my kids don't have weight to lose. And therefore, you know, I want people to understand that eating a high fiber diet is not just for weight loss. Right. That's my point. Managing your weight. It's about health. And in, in my house, we really don't define like healthy versus not healthy. It's just, I think everything works in moderation and it's balanced. My kids eat this way and it's, it's, it's not forced upon them. You know, it's, it's just food to them. Right. So that's if that's our right. kids are seven years old, we have seven-year-old twins, would it be uh-huh. soon to start implementing kind of some of these kind of snacks for them because they're healthier? Yeah, no, absolutely. The American Academy of Pediatrics has defined recommendations for children's fiber intake beginning at age it's zero to three. So oh. from, from the time the children can start eating, um, there are fiber recommendations. So I think a one to three-year-old, it's, it's called zero to three. I think it's like nine grams of fiber and it keeps going up from there. So yes, I mean, all you have to do is Google that and you can find your child's age and the bracket that that fits in, but kids need fiber too. It's important for their digestion. It's important for reducing inflammation. When kids have conditions like psoriasis or, you know, there's all these autoimmune responses in the body and it so much has to do with our guts. So you want a high fiber diet to repopulate your microbiome and have less inflammation in the body. It's important for kids to manage their blood sugar levels. And um, this way they don't get like those bursts of energy and then those crashes. And of course, weight management is important for kids. But we are seeing adult disease states in kids as well from elevated lipids to um, sugar levels. So kids really benefit from fiber. And it's all natural. As parents, you can feel so good giving your kids you know, fiber found in fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Well, yeah, it's been the bane of our existence trying to get them to eat healthier because they go to their friend's house and they get, you know, they get crap. So if we were to give them a couple of things from the F uh, F factor, what would you suggest? They love chocolate. So what would be like the few things you would suggest as a snack for them that, or to help them sleep? (laughs) He, He just wants to give them and me a shot of Benadryl every night just to go the F to sleep. You should start the F factor, go the F to sleep, which there's already a book about it. But what snacks should I give them from the F factor? Well, I mean, F factor really is just about combining fiber and protein. So F factor only has two products. 
which are this fiber protein powder and a line of fiber bars. With the fiber protein powder though, that's where you can have fun in the kitchen with your kids okay. and you can make them treats such as cookies, muffins, things that as a parent, you can feel good feeding them. And when kids are involved in baking, kids love to bake, in the preparation of any food, studies have found that they're more likely to try it because they have a right. sense of ownership. So, I mean, I think that's just like a simple solution is look on the website, you know, everything from like chocolate chip cookies to, as you said, Pop-Tarts, and these things have no sugar and they're gluten-free and they're all natural. As a parent, you couldn't buy something prepackaged that's going to be this healthy. No, I'm very excited to try them. I really am. The problem is, is I'm going to eat them all in one sitting. Brad's <laughs> going to go the next day to give them a little snack as usual and say, there's nothing left. You ate it all because I can't have one or two of anything. Anyway, Tanya, thank you for being on Rich in Life. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.